Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Blue Talks. Thank you. Appreciate it. I could have just ended right there. That was pretty good. It's, it's funny listening to that, being on the outside and having someone else tell your story. Um, you know, I come from a place of gratitude today and I'm very grateful to be here. Very grateful to have heard the previous three speakers. I took something uh, from each one of you and um, just blessed, really, ultimately. Um, as far as habits versus rituals go, you know, uh, for me, you know, there was a, a good point and a bad point uh, with my habits and rituals. You can see, you know, the, the one on the left there is 20 years old, won a Canadian, a Canadian National Championship with the Calgary Canucks. You can see the ring that I have on my finger. Um, you know, deliberate intention and concentration. Well, I'm telling you, from the time I could skate probably at two or three years old, uh, my main focus was always about uh, getting on the ice and uh, participating in team sports and, and trying to get to where I wanted to be was, I wanted to be sitting beside Gretzky. You know, Grant Fear, like I'm from Edmonton, born and raised. So the opportunity to, you know, to get there, knowing that 1% of every single uh, person that puts on their, their skates gets an opportunity to play in the NHL. That's really what it comes down to. Um, and you got me here on, on the left, uh, sorry, on the right there, um, playing semi-pro, in front of about 18,000 fans in, in the uh, Central Hockey League. Um, you know, going from playing junior hockey to, uh, to pro, th that difference they say is right here. And it's in your head, right? It's that dedication and that discipline um, to be able to get there. And I had these habits and I had these rituals that I had to be on the ice, I had to be at the gym, I had to eat right. Um, but there was also an underlying thing that was going on with me that I didn't know or understand is I like to party. You know, I like to go out on the weekends and go to the bar and, and have drinks and be social uh, with other people. I found that being around others in that sort of environment was like that was also my team. So I had this, this team, this organization that I was with, uh, you know, during the day, but at night I had this alternate life. Um, you know, around the alcohol and the partying and the women, and, um, and, and I sort of gravitated to that. Now, all of us have habits in our daily routine. We check emails before work, we get coffee to start our day, we kiss our children goodnight. Habits develop without us knowing it. We start doing something one day, and over time the action is so ingrained, we don't even think about it anymore. Rituals, unlike habits, are done with deliberate intention and concentration. By making something into a ritual, we give it focus. When we choose our habits and repeat them, they become uh, rituals. Rituals are the foundation upon our greatest achievements. Everyone has habits. Now we should make a mindful choice to make those habits into positive rituals. Well, I'm going to show you. Let me show you what could happen if those habits and rituals had a negative effect. That's seven days sober. 
Take a good look at that picture. That does not look like me, does it? Did it look like the guy, you know, that was playing hockey? So July 12, 2017, I was, I was 17, seven days sober at that time, 510 pounds. I was homeless and broke. Not because I didn't come from a good family or I didn't have people that loved me. My mom and dad had eight brothers and sisters each. I had 16 aunties and uncles. I had two sisters that loved me, right? But the drink got a hold of me. The drugs got a hold of me. And it's true, scientifically proven that it's a disease. It's something I'm not normal. It's something that's ingrained in me, right? That I, I just can't go and have that one drink. Maybe I could, maybe I could sit down with you, have a cocktail, but I'm telling you tomorrow or the next day or the next day, it's gonna get worse to the point where I am now drinking a 40 of vodka a day, chasing it with 12 beers and doing an ounce of cocaine a week. That's where I was seven days before this picture. You know, I lived in a, I lived in a house kind of a rooming house or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I had nothing but food around me that wasn't eaten, that was moldy. I, I blacked out my windows. Um, you know, I never had, uh, you know, anything of value really, except a phone call to somebody to bring me booze. I was dealing drugs. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs. You know, to get out and go for a walk was, was a problem for me you know, back pain, uh, knee pain, everything, breathing. Um, you know, I developed uh, type two diabetes. You know, seven days in sobriety, I'm all of a sudden dealing with the whole world on my shoulders and do I and can I live? Am I gonna be able to do this? Well, let me tell you something. I, I ended up praying for five days. So, you know, I got a little bit of faith and I love that we can talk about spirituality here today too. You know, I really do love that. Um, I, you know, the, the Bible that I had sitting beside my bed came from somebody who was also, a, you know, a drug abuser in the, sex, in the sex trade. I left it at my house. How did a Bible end up being beside me in my bed when I needed it most? Well, I grabbed that Bible and I prayed for five days with, the, with that Bible, asking God to help me. And I, and I straight out said to him, <clears throat> you can do this, right? I, I called him out because I can't. I have no idea how to get out of this hole that I'm in. You can do this, right? You can do this, right? Every day, and then I got angrier and louder. You can do this, right? I ended up having a friend come to my house and knock on my door five days after you know, I was into this, drinking, praying, crying, drinking, praying, crying, not leaving my bed, and coming and sitting down on my bed beside me as she walked in the door that was wide open, uh, and said, I had this overwhelming feeling to come and check on you. What's going on with you? And I just broke down. I said, I need help. I go, I'm going to die. And I know it's not going to be long. I don't have that much time. And she goes, well, funny thing is, I know what to do. We're going to take you to Renfrew in Calgary. I'm going to be here tomorrow at 7.30 in the morning. And you're going to be ready. And if you're not ready, I'm never coming back again. I was ready. I actually laid down. It's funny, you were one gentleman was talking about laying on the floor and getting, getting right with earth. Well, I laid on the floor in front of the door with my head facing it and the door opened to make sure that I woke up when she opened it, she was going to hit me in the head. Like, that's how I was. I'm like, there's no way in the world that I'm not going to take this opportunity because now I had a little, little bit of hope that somebody knew something more than I did. Well, 
you know, I was awake. She, she didn't hit my head, which was a good thing. The last thing I needed was another concussion. So we, uh, you know, I ended up, you know, eight ounces of vodka left in the bottle. I pulled that. I drank it all straight. I had a line of cocaine, and I said, let's go. We got there at 7.59. They weren't allowing anybody in past 8 o'clock at Renfrew. And I, uh, you know, my, she ended up... Um, asking the nurses and everybody let me in. They weren't going to let me, security wasn't going to let me in and they allowed me in. 14 people were there that day, the four beds available for people to come in and detox. So tells you what the odds were, right? Everybody goes through and does an inventory, talks about your, your situation, where you're at. Um, <clears throat> I went through and told them everything that was going on with me, where I, where I, who I believe I am, where I was from, as far as hockey player, ex-professional athlete, I need help drinking a 40 of vodka a day, you know, drinking 12 beers, doing cocaine. I go, I need help. I, I leave here and I'm, I'm dead. So they announced four people. The first one wasn't me. The second one wasn't me. The third one wasn't me. And you can imagine all the fear, what was going on in my heart and soul and what was happening. I was dead if this didn't happen. The fourth one was me. I dropped to the floor and I cried in the fetal position like a baby. I fell asleep until they called me back in and for seven days, I went through some of the worst detox that, are, that, are, that was humanly possible. Everybody has their own experience. You know, I can't talk on anybody else, but I can tell you at 510 pounds, having to get up and walk to a bathroom that is no further than where that chair is and not being able to do it because your heart rate's almost at 200 and, you, and you're so weak, you know, that you can't take yourself there and you almost soil yourself. Had to have five people walk me to the bathroom. They put the bed, my bed, even closer uh, to the bathroom so I could get there when I needed to. My humility that I have at this point uh, is, um, is up here, right? I really had to, to take that help and my ego was gone. And then I had, I had hope, like I said, and I was able to go to a, a treatment facility and that's where that picture was taken, day seven. 1835 in Calgary, Alberta, uh, was the foundation to my sobriety. And ultimately, really for me, other than what I think is a, is a, a gift from God, answering my prayers, you know, he's put me in the right direction. I got help from somebody who just came. I met somebody at Renfrew that told me I should go to 1835. I spent six months there. While I was there, somebody said, hey, maybe you should go and do a sober living at the Oxford House in, uh, in Calgary. So I did that for a year and a half with other like-minded people. What, a, what an amazing opportunity that was set up back to back to back. This is huge. If the version of you from five years ago could see you right now, they'd be so proud. Keep going. Trusting in my habits and rituals equals progression. Four years apart. I don't know at what point uh, anybody can ever look in the mirror and be like, damn, I look good. You know, because you put the work in, right, on a daily basis. I don't know what day that is, but for me it was that picture on the right. And when I took it, I'm like, damn, I look good. And I even, I asked somebody, is this mirror different? You know, in the gym, I'm like, are these are skinny mirrors? Turns out, no, I actually did look that decent, do look that decent, right? And the one on the left was about, and look at the smile on my face, still a big man. But I'm probably eight months in a sobriety there. 
You know, I'm just happy to be back at the gym doing the thing that I love to do, moving, exercising. So on the left, July 12, 2017, on the right just a few days ago, my prayers were answered. I'm 100, uh, today, 1,707 days, uh, clean and sober. I'm actually now 160 pounds lighter. I have two successful online businesses, so I went from being homeless to, you know, now being able to help, uh, you know, I got 1,000 people in, in one of my businesses that I'm working with um, and pretty much making me enough money where I don't have to work again, and it's passive. I wake up every day and I, I get paid. And I started another one, and that's paying really well, and I've helped about 100 people in that one. Um, published author, thanks to Mr. Poirier. Thank you, sir. Had the ability to do a chapter in one of his books. I'm a national sales trainer as well uh, with a company based out of Edmonton that goes into car dealerships. So I work with uh, sales staff and, and managers, um, basically kind of like a closer, right? Have the ability to bring customers in and work with them. And, and it's just about listening for me, you know, and, and hearing what their story is. Everybody's got a story. And even in sales, if you listen to what that person's story is, chances are you can help them. Aspiring comedian, I didn't see anybody laugh today. That's okay. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm working on it. Uh, aspiring actor, um, stuff I used to do when I was younger. Throughout high school and whatnot, I, I used to do uh, some acting stuff and I enjoy it. So it's funny where sobriety has gotten me and the habits and rituals that I talk about, um, that my life is coming kind of a full circle of what my, my dreams were. God gave me dreams. I think everybody gets them. I don't know what yours are, but I know I wanted to be, you know, a funny dude, you know. I wanted to be a professional hockey player. I wanted to get in front of a screen. I wanted to be able to help others, right, especially now where I'm at in my life. Am I grateful for a second chance? You tell me. Look at that smile. Come on now. I mean, come on now. Isn't that shine? Right? The new, the new teeth help. <laughs> right? Uh, so life has been good so far. Three simple, three simple steps on habits and rituals, right? Prepare your environment. If you want to eat well, stock the refrigerator with happy, healthy foods. If you want to run more, set your running shoes out. Find your productive window. Are you a morning person or a night person? What time of day is the best to start your new ritual? Try different approaches. Simply try different ways to do something until it feels comfortable for you. There is no right answer. The key thing is to give it intent and focus. I can speak on that too because when it comes to losing weight and, um, and trying, to, you know, trying to figure out what foods and whatnot, I'm not a professional. I used to be a professional hockey player, but I had youth on my side, so the weight came off. I hired somebody. I'm not afraid to get a coach in my life to help me get better. Remember, a habit is something done repeatedly for the purpose of performing the action itself. A ritual is something done repeatedly with a purpose outside of the action itself. Either way, whatever part of your life you're looking to improve, whether it's business, health, or love life, give some thought to how rituals could improve the results of your efforts. Empower yourself with those choices. What new ritual is your focus? Thank you very much for letting me share my story.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.